Hi, and welcome to the Run, Try, Chat podcast. I'm Barb, also known as Kelowna Girl from the Kelowna Girl Tries podcast. And on this new show, I hope to bring you some interesting conversations between a variety of running and triathlon podcasters. Run, Try, Chat was first inspired by Stuart. He's from the Quadrathon podcast and blog. And he suggested that he and I, along with Mike from Dirt Dogs Running Diatribe and Matt from Run, Digger, Run, have a virtual fireside chat where we would talk about our past year and our upcoming season. Well, Stuart and I both posted that show on our own respective podcasts, and we soon had requests to record another episode. In addition, I've also had suggestions for other shows involving other podcasters, and so Run, Try, Chat was born. This first episode is going to be a repeat for anyone who's listened to my show or to Quadrathons, but we've got several upcoming episodes to look forward to. One of those is going to be a women's show when I've asked uh, Megan from Run Vegan Run and Erin337 from Try and Reality to get together with me and talk about women's issues, Ironman training, and much, much more. The show is going to rely a lot on v- listener feedback and input, so you can join the Run Try Chat Facebook page or you can email me at runtrychat at gmail.com. That's R U N T R I C H. A-T, all one word, at gmail.com. And you can make suggestions for topics um, or podcasters that you'd like to hear. So on either one of those places, it would be great. All right, the show is going to have minimal editing done because I don't have time to edit two shows. Um, but the And the episodes are just going to come out periodically whenever we've got something recorded. So you can't be watching for a weekly show. However, um, you know, it's, I think it's going to be really cool and, and it's really fun to be able to get together with other podcasters and talk about stuff. And, and I enjoy hearing what they have to say when they're not on their own shows. Topics are going to vary a lot, but uh, they'll all have something to do with running or triathlon. So sit back and listen to Mike, Matt, Stuart and I as we shared our very first fireside chat. And this was probably recorded about a month ago. All right. Thanks for listening. I believe in brotherhood and the good of all mankind Though I admit it's hard to find But if you want to talk, just come and knock it Don't matter what the time Solitude is no friend of mine And I don't mind if you say Every time you talk to me So we were all speculating about what we were supposed to be talking about on this fireside chat, Stuart. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, here's... here's oh. That's my phone. Just ignore it. One of the kids... Oh, okay. So here's the thing. It's kind of um, two years, I'm guessing, since we all started podcasting, mm-hmm. or thereabouts. And I think it's probably about two years ago... Since I did the um, runners round table that we were all on, that's right. But it's about about two years. Am I right in thinking? Mm-hmm. Two years ago, no. or one year ago? Was it, it two years or you... It was the beginning of my podcasting time that I did that first runners round table. Because Rob um, Ultra Dad was supposed to do it, and he, he ducked out at the last minute. And it, it is two. It's about two years ago. Maybe like twenty two months, something like that. We're pretty close. And you know what? To be quite honest, I've totally run out of stuff to talk about on my podcast, so I'm just going to just borrow other people. <laughs> I disagree. Hey, so do you guys have a um, beer in front of you? No, I'm still at work. Oh. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm sitting here with my daughter now. Okay, so I'm the only one that's drinking a beer then. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't had a time yet. It was a cowboy pop, I thought. <laughs> Aren't cowboy pop supposed to go yee-haw when yee-haw. you open them? <laughs> I got, a, got me a cowboy pop. I said, I 
I'm drinking water. You guys are very fun. <laughs> like I said, I just threw my kids upstairs. I didn't even have time to go get one yet. <laughs> you really shouldn't put your kids in the attic, Mike. That's not good. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in the basement. So whose kids do I hear? Uh, those are mine. Oh, they are still close by then. Yeah. Up here. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's reality. It's, a it's real life. Yeah. It's real life. So true. You know what's real life is me looking at my treadmill thinking I have to run on this darn thing tomorrow because it's really cold out here. Oh, what's the temperature? Uh, I think they had it at like 9, but with the wind chill, it was like minus 10 to minus 15. So That's, is that ball clacker? Ball clack factor of five. <laughs> it's like, yeah, dangerously high five or six. And uh, I even said to somebody today that uh, it doesn't matter because I can't have kids anymore anyway. So <laughs> even if it was a five or six, it doesn't matter. Okay. Oh, my God, that's so cold. Uh, well, it's really <laughs> warm here. Uh, it warmed up to like plus four today or something, which would be, I don't know, close to close to. 38, 39, 40? Yeah, getting in there. Yeah, so stupid snow is melting, which kind of irritates me. 25 Fahrenheit in Alexandria, Virginia right now. Oh, my God. And it was like uh, 75 here today. Ah! So not, I don't know. I wouldn't want that at Christmas. Uh, I raced yesterday, and everybody was complaining of the heat. What and it was. Uh, I know this one. I did the Santa to the Sea half marathon. Oh, wow. You've done a lot of running lately. Yeah, I have, actually. I've done uh, six races in eight weeks. So so it was good, yeah, it was good, but it was uh, unseasonably hot. And because we've had a really mild summer and fall, nobody's really had a chance to acclimatize. And it was like 85 by the time I got back in my car. Wow. And that was 11 in the morning. It was crazy. It was like a, it was like a beach day. I mean, the beaches were busy and everything yesterday. It was crazy. Is that typical for this time of year? No, no. It's usually. It's usually, I don't know. I want to say mid sixties, high sixties. I mean, okay. it never really gets cold. It's cold in the mornings, early, and it's cold in the middle of the night. I mean, I come out in the morning when it's dark to, to leave for work, and it's probably fifty-five. Mm-hmm. You know, on a cold day, it would be high forties. So it was just, yeah, I mean, it was just, we've just had really weird weather because somebody was saying June, um, June the 12th, it was like 61, and then December the 12th, it was 85. It's all backwards. Hmm. So, Stuart, what was your half time? Um, They posted the official times today. I got 145. (gasps) Oh, sweet. Wow. So, yeah, I was pleased. Yeah, I was really pleased. I mean, I'd done uh, no speed work or anything, so it was good. It was nice fun. I was just... That's really great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks. Very consistent. Just aimed for eight-minute miles and, uh, you know, for 10 miles and just to try and pick it up in the last three. So it's good. Very happy. And I can walk today. It's the joy of the half marathon. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's been a week, a week crippling, so I was out today running at lunchtime again. So I guess it depends on the person. I'm pretty sure half marathon does that to me. <laughs> You'll get there, Bob. I'll get there. Next year's the year of the marathon. Maybe. We'll see. I, I thought so. it was the half Iron Man. I did a half Iron this year already. Oh, so it's the full Iron Man. No. No. <laughs> I don't know when when and if. I gotta, I'm going to do a marathon before I'll even think about a half Iron. So hopefully next October I'll do a full marathon. That's sort of my, my B-hag. Do you have one in mind? Uh, just I'll do the local one. Okanagan. It's nice. um, flat. And it's mm-hmm. out my door, so um, I don't have to travel anywhere. And it's uh, Thanksgiving weekend, October. Same. It's a weekend of the um, Worldwide Festival of Races, so it would be a good one to do. How about you, Matt? How are you doing? You're injured, right? Yeah, I'm, I've uh, well, not run, not run in a little over a month. Wow. Uh, over a month, which is the first time in years that I've gone that long without it, and it's uh, it would have driven me crazy if I had not 
uh, understood what now is going on with my back, and now my focus has shifted to getting the spine alignment issues uh, mitigated, taken care of at least to, to as much as I can, and then pick up running. So um, I I don't know what you guys because I've been out of the loop for for quite some time. I, the last podcast was in October, mm-hmm. and um, I decided to stop while I was not running because. Run digger run doesn't make a lot of sense if you're not talking about <laughs> you're talking about, talking about running. So, uh, but the, what's happened is my last weeks running up to Marine Corps this year, I was starting to have more frequent episodes in my back. And when I say episodes, just sort of you, I get these spasms and I get um, pain, and it, it sort of uh, immobilizes me for a while. And normally in the past, it just kind of goes away after a couple of days. Mm-hmm. And these were just hanging on, and I'd had I'd gotten through my twenty miles. It was I was doing good, and and uh, this started to happen more frequently. And I was kind of descending into a bad place mentally because I thought, well, what the hell's going on here? I worked hard all year, things have gone well, mm-hmm. um, and so I finally went to a chiropractor. At recommendation of friends and family, I used to think they were quacks, and not to offend anybody, if they don't, I mean. I didn't know, but, well, or not, but I had a, um x-ray in my back, and when I went in to see the x-rays, all that angst and worry just sort of disappeared because I saw the issues with the spine, the alignment issues. Mm-hmm. I've got like a little S-curve in my cervical spine and kind of a dog leg about in the, in the T, in the thoracic area between the shoulder blades. Wow. Uh, attributed to... A number of things, mostly all the time in the helicopter. And um, he said, "I'm surprised you're able to run at all." So we'll we'll fix it, and then you can then you can run again. And so it's basically uh, I just finished six the sixth of uh, six weeks of three times a week, and then we go to twice a week for six weeks, and then it's more maintenance thing after that. So. Um, I'm going to start running after uh, after New Year's. Super. And start picking back up. Nice. So how's it feeling right now? It's great. It's pain free. I haven't had uh, uh, any 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 uh, episodes occur since uh, well since the last one since uh, since October, and um, we've made great strides in just getting the basic alignment and posture. Uh, figured out because I was sort of holding myself in a in a, a an unstraight position to use a technical term, mm-hmm. and it was just exacerbating it. And I've got a couple of disc issues too, which I won't bore you all with. But and there's nothing you can do about that. But alignment will slow the deterioration of those further and help just the overall uh, long term health. So I, I feel great. I back feels better than it has in years. That's good. Just so are you biking to... or are you biking or swimming or doing I, I or... biked. I when uh, when a spasm started hitting more, I, I I biked more and that seemed to be okay. But uh, I decided that when I first started this treatment, that I would just take a, a clean break and just stop everything. Mm-hmm. I didn't want anything to complicate or delay uh, what this guy's trying to do with the alignment. So it's a good mental break as much of a physical break. I, uh, it's kind of a reset, I think. Mm-hmm. And mentally, it's been uh, it's, it's been good actually. Just sort of not not get up at four o'clock in the morning. I don't. I don't I'm just gonna <laughs> not do that for a little while. And I'm actually looking forward to doing it again. But uh, the mental break has been, I think, been helpful. Well, I think it's good that you. I mean, everybody needs to have a mental break as well as a physical break because you just, you know, your body just gets in burnout mode. I mean, obviously in your case, it's it's injured as well. But I think mentally you just become disengaged and you end up kind of falling out of love with everything and then resenting it because it takes up, you know, the four o'clock in the morning slot. And yeah, if yeah, and, and I, I, I want to be in a position where I look forward to doing that and not be in a position where, oh, my God, I got to get up again. Because then there's then there's just no point. Yeah. So I'm excited, but enough stuff about not running. How about you guys, Mike? Um, 
I don't know, it's really cold here. And <laughs> I actually dug out, I dug out the yak tracks today and I was like, well, maybe I'll run outside tomorrow with the yak tracks. Um, but the treadmill is looking, uh, a, a little bit more tempting than it has in the past. Um, I don't feel like I have to be really stupid and go outside and say that I ran in minus whatever degrees. There's nothing to prove in doing that, you know? Yeah. Um, and I've taken enough falls in the last couple of years that uh, that early in the morning with um, crappy conditions, you know, I don't, I don't feel like getting hurt. So that's kind of where I'm Was it snowy at. when you did your – sorry, go on. No, go ahead, Stu. I was going to say, was it snowy when you did your uh, uh, fat ass turkey run? No, you know what? It Lose was the actually, turkey. Lose the turkey fat ass? Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> no, it was, you know what? It had rained uh, a couple of days before pretty hard, and then it got really cold. So the only thing I was concerned with was that um, if mountain bikers had gone through and then it had frozen up, that the trail would be um, in pretty poor condition, but... Uh, it actually wasn't. It was just cold that day. It was like mid-20s with a wind that had it down like into the teens, I think, for part of the day. But um, it was a good – I mean, that was a really fun day. That was just a good day to get out there, and I met a couple of fellow other podcasters. So that was a that, that was a really good day. Nice. Because did Michael Runner come out from um, – Real Rookie? Real, Real rookie. rookie running, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he came and only did an alt, which we joked. Yeah, what's an alt? <laughs> he he uh, only did three fifths, twenty three miles. Um, he only? had like nine, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, pretty cool. Did. Him drive his happy ass all the way out there. That he is a funny dude. It's a yeah. long way. He lives in upstate New York, right? It's New York, um, yeah. Yeah, it took him about six hours. Oh, and, uh, too bad. To, to come all the way for, uh, you know, for an unorganized, organized race, um, it was a lot of fun. And uh, gosh, that, no. ignore that. That's mine. <laughs> um, come in, Toby. Uh, all right. Well, he um, he came out, and then I got to uh, run with Trail Slammer too, who had just done the uh, Western States 100 or the Grand Slam this year. Huh. So. It, uh, it was a lot of fun and just fun to put an organized, unorganized race and you get a bunch of crazy people to come out and do it. So it was, you know. I'm kidding. That'd so be really does, um, does Dirty Girl come out and help on uh, on sort of resupplies? Because you can't leave it out there, I guess. Well, I suppose it's not freezing, is it? But, no. You literally she was, uh, she took the kids out of state to Pennsylvania to visit some of her family and, okay. uh, I had another buddy who does a couple of other fat-ass races in the area. He often set up an aid station at the trailhead. He basically ran five miles to the trailhead. He had a table set up. We did the trails, which was about 13 miles. And so you had an aid station at 5 and 18. Then you went back to your car, and that was your other aid station at 23 miles. And you had to do a loop. So we didn't leave anything out on the course. Um, and that guy, Craig, was nice enough to set it up and tear it down. So so this was a fat-ass club run? Is that what it was? You know what it was, Barb? It was me last year when I was doing uh, getting ready for my first 100. I just kept running this loop. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, this is would be a fun fat-ass race where... There's no fee. There's really no aid. Uh, the course, you don't have to cross any main roads. Um, it's a nice mix of road and trail. And uh, just put it together last year, let the word spread out, and, um, you know, got some people. And then this year I had, even before I put the stuff together for it, um, I had people asking me about it. So one thing led to another. Michael said, hey, I'm going to come out from New York if you don't mind to run this. And there it was. Well, that's cool because, you know, I, I have a Club Fat Ass shirt that Carlos the Jackal gave me um, because he participates in quite a few of those, and that's the first I'd ever heard of it. And I didn't realize the Fat Ass in your race name was because of Club Fat Ass, so that's a pretty cool thing. Well, yeah, and then just 
kind of went together with the name that I coined up, you know. I thought it had something to do with eating too much turkey and having to run it off. Yeah, Yeah, but that too, because there's a bunch of, um, there's probably like half a dozen, I think, fat-ass races around here in the area. Uh, And as like our running community here, our ultra community kind of grows a little bit, people are kind of putting some more on. So I know that there's a fat-ass marathon um, January 1st that Mm. people have. Wow. I don't think we have any here. Sounds like there's an opening, Bob. <laughs> yeah. So, Matt, let me ask you this, because I was, I was curious when you said, you know, you were taking a break and um, you were just kind of, did you need just a whole break from the running community and everything? Because I don't know that I could really just unplug completely if I got hurt. Yeah, that's a great question, but I, I really kind of did. I, um, after so much angst about uh, uh, the training for the marathon, uh, and I decided that I did need, I sort of did need that mental break, and it wasn't because I was feeling uh, antisocial or, or, or anything like that. I just felt like I, after, uh, I keep coming back to this, the moment I first saw those x-rays when he flipped them up there and turned the light on, and now I had something to put my finger on and identify that okay that's the problem I can put I know okay now that it's clearly identified and I'm not just wondering what's wrong I can uh, focus on the uh, on recovery and he and the Cairo suggested that if you wanted to keep running you, you probably you could as long as you're not hurting yourself but it's just kind of up to you and I thought well why don't we just stop entirely and, and uh, do this and make this the focus of effort. So, yeah, I kind of did. I kind of just stopped. Kind of like it's a, a race goal in a way, isn't it? And you've got a whole training plan to get to that goal. So it's the same kind of thing, really. Yeah, yeah, that's right, Bob. It's, it, there is a structure to this. It's six weeks and then another six weeks, and then uh, I've got it up. I've got it up on the wall upstairs. I don't have it in front of me here, but it's a pretty, a pretty detailed protocol. And then after this next phase, we start getting into strengthening and stretching specific areas. Um, so the, the the return is is only a matter of time, but uh, it's just a different focus, a in different focus. Get the get the foundation squared away, and then I'll I'll, I'll just start building again. Because as it was, I was just building on a, a literally a crooked foundation. Mm-hmm. So I uh, I'm just glad that I finally did something different, other than just try to keep pushing through. Because that. <laughs> that wasn't getting me anywhere, <laughs> but I miss podcasting too. I, I really do. I miss. I've had some. I've I've had some uh, emails and tweets and so forth, and people saying, "Hey, what's what's the deal?" Um, so it's nice that people have indicated that they kind of miss it, and I, and I do too. Frankly, I it's a neat outlet to be able to go run and just talk and talk to people that you know that because you corresponded with them before. You know that they're listening, and you kind of have an idea what they're up to, and uh, so I, I do miss that element of the community. But again, I'm not—I I don't see the value of trying to do the podcast when I'm not doing what the subject of the thing is. So it'll, it'll be back though I, next month, January. Well, I guess you have to think of this as—it's just an investment for the future. You know, like you said, you're building stuff on a sort of wonky foundation to start with. So if you get things straightened and squared away now, it's only going to get better. You know, exactly. Long term. Yeah. That's my story, and I'm sticking with it. Well, I mean, I was a firm uh, believer that uh, you know uh, chiro- chiropractics were quacks like you, and my father-in-law's an osteopath, which is very, very similar. And um, and then I had some back issues, and I went to mine, and you know, he he put me literally on the straight and narrow, and you know now I go regularly just for maintenance. What regularly meaning what? Once a month or just kind of as needed, or how does that work? Uh, probably once every six to eight weeks. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't tend to find myself in pain, but if, you know, she starts putting her fingers on the right spots, then, then I know, you know, it, it starts singing out, and I know that I, I'm a little bit off the line. All right. It's, it's quite interesting. It's It's... As I said, I'm not in direct pain, but um, just through 
pressure points, you know, she finds finds it where it, it finds out where it's not straight straight away. You know, she's very good about that. When, when you first started that, did you uh, try to consciously change anything about your running posture? No, no. And like you, I did the three times a week for six weeks. When I went, my back, I had a flat back. I had no curvature in my spine. And um, what actually drove me there was I was having problems with my IT band. And uh, I didn't realize that at the time. And it was sort of manifesting itself in, in sort of discomfort in my back. And huh. it's, it's, it's really weird the way the body works because when Isn't you get pain in, one, pain in one area, it's not necessarily the area that's uh, causing the pain. It's some, you know, if your knees hurt, it could be because your shoulder's out. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, it kind of finds its weakest, uh, weakest point. I guess it's a bit like, you know, water will always travel down and always find the weakest point. And so where, where it hurts is not necessarily where it's not injured, but, you know, where it's wrong, if you like. Mm-hmm. And so I did, yeah, six, six weeks or three times a week and slowly got, you know, got some curvature back in my spine and, no, I just, I mean, that was uh, three years ago, three and a half years ago. It's and the, alignment, the alignment is staying as it should now. I mean, you're keeping the curvature in there like you should. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it all, all seems to work very well. Great. But it was, it was very, I mean, it's very sobering, like you, when you see those x rays and you suddenly think, well, you're supposed, supposed to have kind of like an S curve. And yeah. Mine was. Wasn't it? it was just straight? Like somebody had put an ironing board down the back of my shirt. It's crazy. But, but it's also a little bit. Uh, um, it's a moment of clarity to actually be able to put your finger on what the problem is when you're just kind of wondering. It drives. It's driving me crazy. Mm-hmm. I, I thought I was doing everything right, and the training was really going well. But I said, "What the hell?" And it wasn't until I could actually see. I mean, the picture is worth a thousand words. Not only that, but it's worth peace of mind and at least okay. I don't. It's jacked up, but not, now I know, and I'm going to fix it. That's right, and it puts you on a journey. It puts you on a start point, and yeah. you know the end point is is recovered. You know, right now you're going through the recovery, but you right. know that you know in six weeks or twelve weeks or eighteen weeks that that journey will be over, and then you can start another journey. So, what have people got lined up for next year? Anything? Bob's doing a marathon in the fall. Yeah, I'm going to do. Um another half iron in June. I'm going to do the same one I did last year. And uh, I'm going to do it right this time, I hope. So that's my goal. So I'm trying to do a lot of running, but I did this stupid, well, not stupid, I loved it. I did the pub run in October, uh, beginning of November, and I ran my 5K leg, and I ran it really hard because I wanted to, to go fast because of my, you know the people that I was with on my team, you want to do it for your team, you know. And anytime I run really fast, I always hurt my shins. So I've, I, my running has been kind of hit and miss for the last month since then because partly it's the, you know, it's snowy and it's icy, and I have to be kind of careful. And uh, I seem to be a little bit sore, so I've just been kind of cautious lately. But I've also started skate skiing, so I'm trying to do that as um, cross-training for the winter as well. What exactly is skate skiing? Because I saw the picture that you tweeted. It They look like cross-country skis, but do they have wheels in them, or how does it work? <laughs> um, there, It is a form of cross-country skiing. So you have classic cross-country skiing, which is the kind everybody's familiar with. And skate skiing, I don't know if it's new, but it's new to me. I only heard of it last year. And the skis are a little bit shorter than standard cross-country and they're a little narrower and when you wax them you wax them so they're slick so normally um, cross-country skis have a little traction in the center so that's what uh, you know stiff wax so that you they stick right well these don't and you move as if you were ice skating so you're not in the track you're on a groomed flat uh, run that you know flat meaning the ground is flat but it could be hilly or up and down and you skate instead of wish your legs back and forth so it's a really so aerobic so you're kind of like spooning is that the motion with your feet um not sure what you mean by spooning but it's like ice skating of course you, know, right. you guys are american you probably don't know what the hell ice skating is but <laughs> we don't have much of that where i come yeah, from yeah not down in california but anyways you push your feet off kind of to the side 
That's what I mean by spooning. Like you're kind of spooning. I've got a totally different visual. Yeah, yeah. Let's not go there, right? Let's let's keep So you're spooning with Eric on the snow. Okay, I'm saying. Yeah, well, a couple of points. I was laying on the ground, but anyways, um, no. It's yeah. It's it was really hard. Is what I found. It was very hard, and it's very. I mean, part of it's because my ice skating experience. I've, I've, I'm a, I grew up skating, but I had figure skates, and they have picks on the toes, and I'm used to pushing off with my toes. Whereas if I was a guy and I, I wore hockey skates, I think if you can skate with hockey skates, you probably have a little bit more of an advantage because you're used to that. Um, I don't know. They give out underneath you as you're skating, so it's really hard to keep your balance. So you need a really good core. So anyways, I just signed up. I went on Saturday, my first try, and uh, then I signed up for some lessons. So actually, um, Eric and and my son Jesse and I are all going to a group lesson on uh, Thursday nights for the next couple of weeks to kind of get the hang of it. So anyways, it's um, supposed to be, I guess it's really popular among triathletes to skate ski. And there's plenty of places to do it uh, within a half hour's drive of my house where you can just, you know, it's pretty cheap. Good times. So that's what I'm nice. doing in the winter. Yeah. How about you, Dirt Dog? Uh, <laughs> you know, for as many answers as we have. Uh, good segue. <laughs> yeah. You, you'd think we'd all be jumping on each other. But I'm trying all... not to talk too much. I know. <laughs> uh, we'll talk too much. I actually know how many weeks it is to my next marathon, which is something I've never done before. Mm. Um, you're doing a training plan yeah and i have a training plan i'm working off of so that's uh, something you've never done before Before. (laughs) so um it's good i'm excited um i think this is week two of my marathon training program so how many weeks um 18 yeah two um but my goal next year is I'd like to get another Boston qualifier. Um, and I'd like to just see honestly what I could do if I followed um, a, a specific plan for a set amount of time, not just kind of make up stuff as I go, mm-hmm. uh, which I know enough, but I've never put it together to say, all right, these four weeks you're going to you know concentrate on this and then you're going to work on this. Um, and I think for me that's just <laughs> – my growth and uh it should be fun so i i got two in the spring and one in the fall and then um you know my buddy kevin got in to western states and so he's gonna do the grand slam so maybe i'll head to one of those races with him uh as a support crew but um no hundred milers maybe some 50ks and 50 milers next year but Really, the focus will be on the uh, marathon. So, that should be say, fun. So if you've got a chance of going to uh, Pace or Crew Kevin, you should uh, jump on that, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, we were we were out having a few pops the other night, and, uh, you know, just the scheduling is kind of weird because you go Western States first, uh, which is June 25th. And then you got to go to Vermont in the middle of July. And I think you have five weeks off until Leadville and then Wasatch. And just the way my job works out with school, you know, I could maybe go to Western States. Um, Vermont looks more like the possibility. And then the other two are um, Wasatch, I think, for sure would be out. But maybe Leadville, we'll have to see. Wow, that's a... That's a lot of. Well, how how long are all of are the each of them a hundred milers? Yeah, they're all all a hundred miles, and you have um, Western states and Vermont are with like I think three weeks apart, Holy and then you have God. five weeks off, and then Leadville and Wasatch are within a few weeks of each other. So wow, that's amazing. And you probably have the harder two, or the second two. Yeah. yeah. So that should be fun. I'm sure I won't be running that long with him for, for that many runs. Um, as you know, he's going to be slowing down and adding on mileage, and I'm trying to, like, shorten things up and do more um, specific things. But 
I'm kind of ready for a change of pace and, uh, you know, pouring over ma- books and looking at training plans, and that's entirely new to me. So. I love that part of it. That's a fun part. That's a part I kind of missed when uh, when I've had whenever I have a coach. I always miss that whole planning, figuring out things. Guys, I got to run upstairs for something. I'll be right back. For next year, um, I'm having a family-focused year. Wow. And um, that's not to say I'm not going to race, but I'm looking for races that have, you know, the kids' runs mm-hmm. with them. And um, so, you know, by virtue of that fact, I'll be doing shorter stuff. I doubt if I'll go longer than a half marathon. It's going to be uh, lots of short, quick races. But that's good. You know, I can start pushing down. It's interesting. I, I was talking to Gordon on Twitter the other day, and he wanted to do a, um, a survey on uh, on his show. And I asked him maybe he should ask the question why people seem to, and correct me if I'm wrong, but they seem to naturally migrate to distance rather than to speed. And it's just a question I've always wondered why people tend to do that. Huh. You know, if they go, you know, they start from catch to 5k then to 10k and half marathon and marathon whatever but the natural progression is to seem to go longer rather than to, to go faster and I just wonder why that is so I think he's going to put something out on his next podcast to ask people why that's a really yeah. so I'm interesting gonna, because I'm going to buck go ahead sorry I'm going to I'm going to buck the trend and, and stop going long I've lost uh, I've lost my ultra runner status I haven't run an ultra in over a year so uh, I'm going to go shorter and uh, quicker. Um, and hopefully I can use that to my advantage now I'm uh, at the age group that I'm in, which mm-hmm. is still pretty pretty darn competitive. The guy, the guy who won my age group, just won my age group, didn't even, I don't think he even placed in the top 10 on the weekend, finished in 120. Oh, my. And, and um, yeah, so. But uh, yeah, just it's just something that uh, you know struck me as weird. Why? Why? I mean, running a marathon, and if you're, and no disrespect to anyone, if you are a slower runner and you're out there for five hours plus, that's a long time. Mm-hmm. Whereas you know you can get a, a half marathon done reasonably quickly. You know, two, two fifteen, two thirty. I don't know. You know, wherever you're at. Two twenty-four. Two twenty-four. But then, so so, where do you go? You know, you, you try to drive that to, to sub two fifteen, right? Yeah. That's the next kind of ben- benchmark for you. Uh, but you're going for a marathon. Well, and you know that's, but that's really interesting. You're saying that because I have been like always feeling pressure to to, to go longer when I'm actually more interested in, in improving my speed in the shorter races. It's like I kept wanting to do sprint triathlons, and everybody's like, "Well, that's only a sprint. Like, when are you going to do an Olympic? Why don't you do a half iron?" You know. When are you going to do an Ironman? And I thought, I really want to get really good. And I, I mean, I like the half iron distance, and I like the half marathon distance, and I think I'd rather focus my efforts on, on doing a, a good pace on those races rather than kind of just surviving an Ironman. I mean, I, I really don't have an interest in doing a 17-hour race, you know? <laughs> I, I well, I think it was, I mean, genetically, uh, I mean, it's, it, what I find is really interesting, genetically, and you're predisposed to, to, to either being fast twitch or slow twitch. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's a degree of, you know, the in-between stuff that you can convert through training. But really, you are predisposed one way or the other. And I mean, a couple of, maybe two and a half years ago, I did a VO2 test. And the guy said, why are you training for marathons? You're, you, you, the way you're built and the way your body functions, you're much better off at, or you should be much better at doing the shorter stuff. Hmm. That's what short. How short? It's like five, ten k, half marathon. That's short. Um, so that's a great. You, you know, out, just, how do you find out whether you're short, uh, short twitch or no? What do you say? Slow, slow twitch. twitch. Yeah. Slow twitch or fast twitch. How do you find out? I mean, I did it through the VO2 test. You know, oh, where they the put, them, put them, yeah, put the mask on your face, and yeah. you know, they ramp up the treadmill and yeah. stuff like that. Hmm. So, you know, and, and it's interesting because when I've trained for shorter races. I've actually been pretty successful. I mean, I, I did a uh, my five k uh, PR is nineteen forty five. So that's speedy. You know, what do I, I was speedy for an old guy. 
<laughs> See, I like going the fat, the shorter races, but uh, even so, I'm still not that fast, you know. Oh. Well, speed sure speed, speed is, is what I'm probably actually better at doing endurance. Really, I just not. I, I just think you have to build yourself up to a half half iron or a full iron. I mean, I just think you have to build yourself to get to that point. Well, a full iron is just a training commitment in itself, right? Well, I mean, that's it's, true it's, too. I, I'm really not interested in the amount of training you got to do for that. I, I, I have to. I need downtime, and in the summer is when I'd have to do it all, and it would just be. I don't know. It's a big, huge commitment to my family, and yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's I'm the other thing. With the, with the, I, I haven't figured out how I'm going to do a whole marathon training for October. Like, I got to switch over totally from from doing triathlon training. I, I haven't quite figured out how I'm going to do that. I got from June to October. That's enough time to train for a marathon, isn't it? Yes. If I Four do months, a, yeah. if I do a half. Half iron in June. I'll, yeah. ha- I'll have the half marathon distance down. Then it'll take me a couple of weeks to recover from that. <laughs> in fact, that's probably more than enough. So you might want to just yeah. even be a bit careful about overtraining. Yeah, and then I'll just slowly, slowly build myself up to the long distance. But I can't do those marathon training plans like that they have. I can't do those all the speed work. I can't do the the four or five or six days of running a week. I can only run three days a week. Should do the first plan. That's a three day a week plan, right? Yeah. But it's pretty intense too. <laughs> yeah, it's all speed work. It's I all know. speed work. Yeah. I know. I looked at that and I thought, okay, maybe I'd do that, but um, yeah. I'll figure it out. You know Which the plan thing, Stuart, that you said, um, you know, Gordon and I have had this conversation on the side before and it's it's kinda you know, going longer and slower instead of going backwards and you know him and I have had this conversation where he's I don't want to pigeonhole him so to speak but he's in that growth period he's still so new to the to running and the changes that it's made in his life um that for you know he's he's on the fast track so to speak he's getting so much faster he's improving leaps and bounds and you know me, I, I've been running and I have been together for a, a long time where I just kind of go through cycles. And, uh, you know, my return, even though, you know, in some people's eyes, I'm stepping back, so to speak, and I'm only doing a marathon, which is not a joke in of itself. Yeah. Um, but when I've done some speed work and I have been faster, I mean, I've really enjoyed that. And it's directly correlated into you know, some faster marathon times. And I, I just think it tends to be kind of like, even with, with you, Barb, is, you know, where you're at with whatever sport you're doing in terms of how you're going to, um, you know, treat it. If you are, are looking at it as just, I need to get out there and I need a stress release, well, then it's speed time. That's not going to matter. Mm-hmm. But if you're looking for a, a time goal or a distance goal and you're trying to do it in X amount of whatever, you know, then I think that's where the um, the focus is, and you're going to get the range. If he does that poll or if he puts it out there, he's going to get, I think, the spectrum mm-hmm. from everybody. Well, I think I mean I think Gordon's a good example of somebody. I mean, he's he's been running what since 2007? Did he do his first marathon? I think yeah, I 2008, think, maybe. Yeah. And then every, I mean, if you were to look at him January the first of each of those years for the last three, and it'll be four next year. He's a completely different person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Com- completely different person. You know, he's he's either lost a lot of weight or he's totally remotivated himself. And so, as you say rightly, he's going through this um, huge amount of growth where everything is, is is new because he puts himself on a different path at the beginning of each year. Mm-hmm. But if you if and like yourself, if you've been doing it for a while, you, I guess you just need to kind of mix it up what you're doing rather than mix it up who you are. Does that make sense? I'm surprised when, you, when uh, Mike, when you say that, you're, that people are thinking you of going backwards. <laughs> like I, to, I guess it's just from the point of view, right? I, I guess. But to me, it's like marathon is a marathon. It's still a tremendous accomplishment. And I guess maybe because I've never done one, I guess that's the of you, I'm looking at it. Well, yeah, and it's kind of one of those things where, like, uh, you know, like we, I think, Stuart, you said, and Barb, like we said, 
we've been at the podcasting thing for a couple of years, everybody respectively. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, putting yourself out there or as much as you choose to uh, share about your your love for your sport, you know, people get this um, notion of you or they get to know you and they think that, you know, uh, you're going to always run ultras or you're always mm-hmm. going to sprint triathlons. And, you know, when you say, you know, I'm not really having fun with this right now, I need to kind of step back and, um, you know, or how can you um, not finish a race? Doesn't it gnaw at you? And, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's one of those things where if you put yourself out there, whether through it's your blog or your podcast, you have to um, be ready for the good and the bad that are going to come. And just know that, you know, people aren't always going to agree with what you're saying. Like, okay, I want to step back. For me, I want to do a marathon. You know, people are going to be, well, how, how come you're not going to do ultras anymore? Yeah. I'm not, yeah. I'm not yeah. going to anymore. It's just that's not going to be the primary focus. Right. I got a question for you guys then, because we've all been podcasting around the same amount of time. Like, do you ever feel pressure um, that you probably put on yourself uh, when you have a race and you're, you know, because you know people are going to be wanting to hear how you do? Do you feel pressure? Do you think it's positive or negative or moot? I think it's kind of positive, Barb. um, Just for for, uh, my perspective... I, it's, it's a little bit like being on Daily Mile or being on. Uh, it's the it's the it's the collective community accountability thing that you sort of build. Mm-hmm. Part of the it's for me it's part of the the, the motivation, uh, especially on the uh, when I was in that real good routine of doing the early morning stuff. There'd always be the same people on early in the morning doing logging their runs and stuff, and you get that little thing going back and forth, you know, five before five or whatever. Yeah. And, but the same on the podcast, uh, sort of felt a certain accountability to the listeners, to, to my listeners, to at least, um, to put forth a good effort. But at the same time, I I didn't feel pressured in a bad way. I didn't feel like just towing the line. Oh my gosh, I got, I got a lot of pressure on me because people are, I, I never felt it really that way. It's just more of a, a collective uh, enthusiasm for, for, for setting off on the race and no one was going to get to share that with uh, the listeners. I think that was just an added kind of Benny there. How about you, Stuart or Mike? I don't think I've ever felt pressured because I'm racing because I podcast. I think there's always that degree of support that's kind of underlying. And like what man says, the, the, you know, things like Daily Mile and Twitter, you always know you always know there's going to be somebody who's going to tweet something that's going to you know, make you smile or make you feel a little bit better, whether it was a good performance or a bad performance. I think some of the yeah. more en- enjoyable podcasts that I've put out have actually been the ones where I've recorded whilst racing, and they probably weren't my best performances. In fact, I don't think any of them are my best performances, but... I think they actually make for a better, uh, a, a better episode and, and <laughs> make it a bit, a bit more interesting for the listener. Um, a little more epic. Yeah, kind of. I mean, I think I, I mean, I did uh, the Catalina Eco Marathon a couple of months, well, last month now, and I recorded for that, and that was just a, a, a real ball, ball breaker of a race, to be quite honest. <laughs> and then I did my, I, I podcasted from the Hundred in the Hood where I wrecked my leg. Um, I think that, and um, and then from a fifty miler where I was sick, you know, throwing up for fifteen miles. <laughs> so it's just, yeah. Yikes. I suppose they do. It does make it a little bit more epic. It's perhaps not exactly what you want to happen, yeah. um, but you know, good news is no news, right? So, but no, I don't feel pressure because I podcast to, that it's got to be a good race. I mean, I, I don't think those two necessarily go hand in hand but i think there's there's just a lot of support that comes from the community yeah i mean i have had uh, you know unbelievable support i mean i had um that whole crew that came out for the hundred miler yeah and you know for me i've kind of gone from the highest of highs i've had um 
to some of the lowest of lows and and putting it out there for for people to just what I thought my perception would be and I guess the only thing I ever wonder about is you know uh, like I'm putting it out there and if, if people are really authentic or that I'm just making you know this up I mean the original reason I started the podcast was to go through my first hundred miler it was like some measure of accountability for me and then I just you know kept it going because I really enjoyed it um but inevitably you're not going to be able to keep riding the wave of success forever you're going to have some um, you're going to have some low point stumbling block um and you know as much as some people probably enjoy listening to it it's probably been as uh therapeutic for me in some sense to kind of work through some some of my runs and stuff mm-hmm. um so you know i, I think i pr- probably put some pressure on myself to, for at least for me to keep it within like 10 days to two weeks <clears throat> to try and uh <laughs> for my schedule like I, that was not me that wasn't me. Well, there's only one person on this called drinking beer. <laughs> I know, that's why I called it. Oh, okay. <laughs> it wasn't me. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm so sorry. Matt, you have to mute yourself. Back to our regularly scheduled program. <laughs> well, I suppose we should be grateful he's drinking a beer and not eating a curry. Mike, what were you saying? <laughs> I, I, I lost my thought. <laughs> which is not, which is pretty easy for me to do. Uh, well, I don't know. I was just thinking that you know, I guess for me, I don't, I don't. I think the amount of support I get that helps me to get through races is over overrides any kind of um, pressure I feel, and I don't. The pressure I get. I, is what I put on myself. It's not so much to do well, because I know everyone's very forgiving, probably a lot more forgiving than I am. But I think sometimes I feel pressure uh, just to even do a race, because sometimes I have something planned in the future, and I, and I end up kind of thinking, ah, I don't know if I really want to do that now. But then I f- feel like I have to, because I said <laughs> I said I was going to on my show, so now I better do it, you know? And, I mean, maybe that's a good thing, because it kind of keeps me honest and keeps me keeps me going and probably I get a lot more done because I have my show than I would maybe I don't know it's interesting there's a lot to I think there's a lot to be said for the accountability but Mm. I guess once you there comes a time where you've been putting it out there so long that you kind of you don't start second guessing it but it's just out there it's you know it's uh, it becomes habit I suppose that that public accountability Mm -hmm. that's true is, is less it becomes less um, intense so how long do you guys foresee yourselves podcasting wow Gosh. well if Digger would start his back up then he could maybe give you a timetable but <laughs> yeah. where, where's every where, where I suppose the better question just so we would know is where's everybody in terms of their episode numbers Ah, I just did 83, and I'm coming up to two years in January, because I started in January. Uh, I'm on, I think my holiday episode will be 72, and I think I'll be at, I'll be going into my third year, like in February or something. Yeah, you're about a month after me, I think. Yeah. I'm at 50, um, two years, is that right? I think we were started like January, February. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I remember when you started, Matt, and it was just a little after I did because I remember I was telling you the stuff that uh that Nigel and uh, Dan had told me. Yeah, on Garage Band. Yeah, and it was just like really right after I'd started. So yeah. you must have started. You were, you were a lifesaver there. Yeah, well I but they you, saved mine. You um I, I was trying to remember when I went to every two weeks. Because I tried to do it weekly for a while, and then it was kind of wearing me out. And I went uh, bi-weekly. I don't remember when that was, but I, I was pretty good at sticking with that. 
off and on until um, October. So, but I, as far as how long to do it, I, I at least want to get through another season with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to do uh, Marine Corps again this fall. I guess I should say next fall. It's not even 2011 yet, but mm-hmm. um, that's 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 the A race, and I want to at least carry it through that. And then after that, I don't, I don't know. I've never I've never really thought about how long is it going to go on for. I have thought about, um, well, I've just gotten feedback. So, well, don't the people have said don't stop now, <laughs> right? Because you're, this is sort of a down. It's not a down thing. It sounds negative, but it's just, um, it's a it's a pause. It's a break. Uh, so I look forward to starting it up again. But that's a great question. I'm curious to hear what you guys think about how long you'll do it. I always keep thinking that you know I was going to end it after the first uh, hundred miler, good or bad, um, and then it's just been. It's just been pretty fun to do. I always keep thinking, well, I'm going to end it here. And then I'm like, no, but I just feel like there's, I got a lot of stuff that I want to do. Um, and it's kind of fun to take what I think is people along for the ride, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess as long as I'm enjoying it and can think of new things to um, talk about, um, you know, I know I, the one thing I try and keep my, you know, podcast is pretty running related and not stray off too much um because then if it was just about whatever it would it would go on indefinitely um but for running i probably think that there's some finite deadline i just don't know when it is i know when i first started uh there was a number of podcasts that have been around for a couple of years and then they seemed to fade out and i kind of thought in my head anyways that it seemed like most faded out after around two years or so. So I always kind of figured that I was going to do it for a year and see how it went. And then kind of reevaluate and then figured probably, you know, two years. And I'd probably, you know, either people would be, I have nothing else to say. Or people would not be interested anymore because they you know, get kind of tired of listening to you. The same old thing all the time. Or else uh, I would just be, t- you know, it gets, it is it is a it is work. You don't get paid. It is um, take yeah. it takes a, quite a bit of time for me. I know. Yesterday, I was thinking, "Holy crap!" I thought I was gonna just whip this off, and it ended up I didn't like it, and I re-recorded. And I mean, you know, six hours of my weekend was gone. And I'm not complaining about it, but I was noting it, you know. Mm, but at the yeah. same time, like I, I really don't see myself quitting <laughs> right now. You know, I could totally see myself doing it for another year. And sometimes I think. I wouldn't mind doing a to- another topic, a different podcast about something else. Sometimes Eric and I have talked about, you know, it'd be kind of fun just to have one where we're just, we're just yakking along about anything, you know. Um, but, you know, it's it's a lot of time, too, so it's kind of interesting. Well, I think with yours, Bob, you do, I mean, you put the effort in, to, that's not saying nobody else does, but certainly I don't, um, to, to edit it, and you have, a you know, a higher standard of quality control. <sighs> Um, on your end product. I mean, I just kind of throw some stuff on a tape and sling it out into the wide, wide Ethernet. Um, so the, I think you hold yourself up to a higher standard. And I think that comes through in the finished product and in the interaction you have with other people because, you, I mean, I'm always amazed that you've, you do have some, some really interesting stuff to talk about. And people are asking you questions as well. I mean, I'll go three months without... Uh, blip coming back to me uh, from a, a listener, and I think I think that's it's a two way it's a two way street. So if you're getting that interaction, then you're motivated to put stuff out and to keep the quality high. And yeah. if you're not necessarily getting that response, you do. I mean, I, I mean plenty of times I've thought, "What the hell am I doing this for?" Because <laughs> you know, am I just listening to my own voice? Yeah, um, I know. You do and then, think and that, then right? suddenly, yeah, totally. And suddenly, out of the blue, you'll get a oh, you know, really, I listened to that one; it was really good. And it's somebody you you you've got no idea who this person is. Exactly. They're not from Daily Mile. They're not from Twitter. They're not uh-huh. from anywhere. Yeah. And and that just kind of sparks it up again. And you think, oh, great. Well, that is good. And maybe I should start thinking about what the next show will be. And 
I find it very hard to call it a show. I, I, I try not to refer to it as a show because I always think shows are entertaining and I don't think mine is particularly entertaining. It might be quite factual, but it's not entertaining. Um, so... Yeah, but I, I know, like, I tried really hard to stick to a once-a-week kind of thing. And uh, since the fall, I thought, that's it. I, I can't do it once a week because I'm just too busy with work. And, um, it, and you know, there's not that much going on right now for me. So once every two weeks seemed like it. But if I felt like if I didn't have a, a regular schedule, it, I would just fall off and it would just not happen. But um, also, I kind of thought, I've said all the things there are to say. You know, there's only so much you can say about beginning triathlon. And then people ask me questions, and I thought, well, I already talked about that. But then I realized, you know, first of all, lots of people just start listening, and they haven't gone back and listened to the archives or whatever. They right. want me to say this, discuss the same thing again. So yep. I feel a little funny doing that, but then I realized that's what they want. You know, they want to hear that you know, explained fresh. And so once I realized that, I was sort of okay with it. So when you start, so here's a question I'll ask everyone, because I'm assuming here that we all listen to podcasts as well as, you know, record our own. So when you listen or you find a new one, what's your sort of behavior pattern for deciding this is one that I'll continue listening to? And and how how do you do that? Do you just jump in at episode 53 and start listening, or do you go back and listen to the back episodes? Or Whenever I have a new one, I always download the, the latest episode and then the first couple. And then I, realizing I know that the first few are probably, you know, their little sort of beginning, so you're kind of expecting that they're, you know, there's going to be some things i got to tweak as they get started. But I always kind of like to hear their story before. Uh, a few, I listen to all of them. Honest to goodness now, I have so many podcasts that I try to keep up with that I can't listen to all the back episodes. And I sometimes have a hard time keeping up with, um, you know, all the recent ones. And there's plenty I just, I, I subscribe to, but I don't hear them all anymore. There's too many. Mm. Right. And do you listen to them mostly when you're running or do you listen to them other times as well? Oh, you know, biking I, or I listen to mine when I'm in bed because I, okay. I don't sleep very well, so I, I listen to one, and this is my other problem because I, I listen to them for about 15 minutes and I fall asleep. and then not, not, No problem on them, but that's what I use is falling asleep. It's a little bit sad. Must be one of mine. Must be one of mine you're <laughs> listening to. Then. You guys at some point. Welcome to another edition of the Quadrathon Podcast. <laughs> You know, about three hours later, and then I re- I fast forward to approximately where I fell asleep, and I listen to another 15, 20 minutes. And then, <laughs> this is how I do it. It's very bizarre, I realize. And I hardly ever listen to any when I'm running. I mostly listen to music or nothing when I run. How about you guys? I listen to most of mine um, running, and then in the, um, in the car to work in the morning. And, and Stuart, I would listen to yours a lot when yours came out in the morning on the way to work. Cause I was always like, all right, I got to figure out how to train for this hundred miler. And yours was pretty uh, in depth and had more structure than my plans do. So I'm like, wow, he's using this hammer stuff. And it's like at such and such a ratio, I should try that instead of just <laughs> running. And <laughs> I remember that actually. Yeah. So I, um, and you know what? There seems to be a trend right now, at least, that I've seen that like a lot of the running podcasts that I've listened to have kind of fallen by the wayside um, or haven't been on as regular. So I don't have as uh, many in my queue, so to speak. But if I if I find one, I usually go from the beginning and work my way up because I know, like Barb, you said, the first couple will be technical issues and that sort of stuff. I mean, I'm on. 71 and still working out technical issues so it's not a you know if you can find that connection kind of and you you know yeah and it's nice to hear the progression but uh, i haven't found any new ones that have 60 70 80 episodes either to listen to you know whereas when i first started listening to podcasts i listened i went back and listened to the first episodes of every fit of editions and every um four feet running and everything and i got caught up on all those but there were only a handful it wasn't that hard to do 
Yeah, you could do you could do it easily. That I mean, I yeah. remember going like you yeah, going back and listening to all the fibrillation episodes, yeah. also all the all the uh, Zen and the Art of Triathlon, yeah. and yeah. there's a lot of those, yeah. and um, totally having a man crush on Brett. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I got over that. Um, but now you kind of jump in, like you, you listen to the most recent one, and then one and two, and then kind of plug in where you can. Well, and most of the new ones that I hear, they've only got a half, half handful of uh, episodes, right? So, right. you know, it's not that hard to get caught up, or if you missed a couple, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, exactly. And then, right. I, I mean, there are some that I listen to that aren't running ones. Yeah, that's right, too. I'm, I'm going to have to jump off here. Yeah. I think I have uh, people waving at me through the door thinking that they should be eating at some point soon, so I wrote them a note <laughs> saying, go ahead and eat dinner if you want. <laughs> <laughs> I should go be a mom pretty soon, though. I probably ought to go, too, guys. It's been All fun. Right. Have, a, have a happy holidays, everybody. Yeah, yeah likewise. Thanks a lot for, uh, for putting it together, Bob. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Thanks, everybody. All right. Good talking to you guys. Take care. Take- All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.